Welcome to City Talks, a monthly podcast looking at the big issues facing UK cities and the latest thinking on urban policy. I'm your host, Andrew Carter, from the Think Tank Centre for Cities. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to this episode of City Leaders. Today, my guest is Councillor Jane Mudd. Jane is the leader of Newport City Council, amongst many other things, and she's been the leader since 2019, but a councillor for much longer than uh, than that. And we're going to be talking about what uh, what it feels like to be the leader of, of Newport, but also what's going on in Newport and indeed where Newport sits in the broader context. So Jane, great to have you on, uh, on the show. Um, let's start with some of your personal insights. So you're, you've been the leader for a few years now. Just give us an insight as to what that means and how is it different from being in other senior leadership positions, either in the council or, or elsewhere, which you've also done? Yes, I, I've been the leader since 2019. And I think my, my leadership has been characterised by real challenges. So I've led the authority through the pandemic. And then, of course, we've gone straight into the cost of living crisis. So in terms of the work that I've done politically, it has been really difficult. And for me, I think it's really important um, to, when I reflect on that, to reflect on the value of partnership working, because when I consider the way the public sector came together, really, around the pandemic and our responses to the pandemic, but also our responses to the cost of living crisis, um, it's it's really emphasised for me the value of partnership working. And so for me, that's really important in, ter- in terms of what we do. But it's a real privilege to be the leader of Newport because, because it's my home. It's, it's, it's where I was born. I've lived here all my life. And um, I'm, I'm truly humbled that the people in my community vote for me and, 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 and they've got confidence in my leadership. And I really value that. Yeah. Does it make it harder or easier or, or how does it, you know, the fact that you are from that part of the world, you know, the leader of that part of the world, how, you know, because you're both a resident, you know, you're a longstanding resident, plus now you're, you know, you're a politician, plus you're the leader. How how does all of that, I mean, when you're walking down the street, do, do your family harangue you about what's going on? You're the leader, sort it out. Um, yes. Um, so I, I think it's fair to say that um, a lot of people know me and, and certainly during my political career, I've made even more connections. And so people do call me by my first name. They do interact with me. If I go into the city centre, I've got that relationship with businesses um, and, and with the public as well. And I'm sure other leaders would say the same. Um, it, it can sometimes be strange. I, I do recall the point where I was um, at the self-checkout in Sainsbury's and I was just grabbing some stuff and somebody leant over and said to me, oh, it's Jane Mudd. And I thought, oh, no, please, please. <laughs> you know, I was just, just popping in for some shopping. But it was lovely. He said, oh, brilliant, well done on the election. So a reference to the 2022 election result. Um, and that was lovely to get that response from somebody yeah. um, somebody who I didn't know. So yeah. um, that was lovely. But, but yeah, I think I think... Being from the area does actually give me that that history. So I've got that understanding of the the history of Newport, how things have changed over time. And of course, as you say, I'm a service user. Yeah, quite. Well, let's get into that. I mean, you know, you've lived there, you know, you're now leading the the place. Just say a little bit about where, 
you know, where Newport is, and then we'll get into some of the specifics because, you know, your council has been leading on a kind of big digital program. Good to get your thoughts on that. I mean, so he's been doing some really innovative stuff and interesting stuff around sustainable transport. And then there's quite a big wave of activity around the city centre and what that kind of looks like. So just try and paint a picture of where you think Newport is. How would you describe it to the to those that are less familiar with it? And then we can get into some of those details. I would describe Newport as the gateway to Wales. We are the gateway city or alternatively the gateway to England, depending on which way um, you choose to look at it. We're, uh, we're a relatively young city and we've got a population of around 160,000. And I think what's particularly interesting about Newport is our growth. So Newport is growing very quickly. Um, at the census data that has been recently been released, we've seen our population growth increase by over 9% since the last census so we've got um, a young population but we're also very diverse as well so we've got really diverse communities over 45 community languages is spoken and um, I think that gives us a richness and uh, a cultural um, wealth that we, we can share with others as well of course, with that and, and with our location, uh, there, there are a range of challenges uh, in terms of service delivery. We've got a very young population, so lots of children, lots of families. And that does, for example, um, present us with challenges around education and early year services. And likewise, at the other end, we, we've got a growing older population, which again puts um, a challenge on service, public sector service delivery. So. Um, we're vibrant, we're rich, and probably what I would say to people, and I think there's a lot of people in Newport would agree on this, we're a pretty gritty city. We're, we're resilient. <laughs> pretty resilient when times are tough, as yeah. you as you were saying, in, and the pandemic and you know the situation around it sort of illustrated that when times are tough, people pull together, organisations pull together, whatever their their background in a common cause or common purpose of trying to do the best that they possibly can for, you know, for the people who are living there and working there and, and visiting there. Yeah, de definitely. And the Welsh Government has identified some of that. And so in, in terms of the um, Wales growth plan, so our spatial plan for the whole of Wales, mm. Newport is identified as a growth area. So there is a recognition there at the, within the policy context that we, we are growing and we'll continue to grow in the future as well. Oh, brilliant. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, the sort of the whole digital scene, you know, that's quite a big thing, not only for the, you know, for the way that the authority functions, the way it interacts with citizens and, you know, members of the public, but also, you know, the, the notion of digital as being a particularly interesting industry, you know, a source of dynamism, entrepreneurship, jobs, etc. So just say a little bit about, about how you how you summarize and how you think about that digital related set of questions and issues. Well, we've got an aspiration um, to establish ourselves as a data city, and digital is a really important aspect of that for us. Because if I think if you look across the whole of the public sector, there's a lot of um, discussion around transformation, but very often we don't define what we actually mean by transformation. So it, it means different things to different people. But one thing we can be certain of is that if we are to improve service delivery in future and in in doing so improve outcomes for our residents what we actually need to do is ensure that that's underpinned by a robust evidence base and the way to do that of course is to make sure that we've got really robust data set 
and we're embracing the digital arena in order to enable us to do that. And I think if you look across um, across Newport, but also really across the whole of Wales, um, there, there are gaps, there's an imbalance in terms of that digital arena, and we really need to strengthen that if we could to be competitive as well. And that's certainly something that we're focused on here in Newport. It's not just how it supports public service delivery, but in terms of supporting business, attracting business um, to these locations, we need to embrace that digital agenda in order to be competitive. And we're really delighted. So one of um, the recent companies that we've been able to attract here to, here to Newport is uh, Microsoft. They're establishing a data center here. And we are starting to build that reputation in terms of digital and data. But you know, we can't do that alone. Mm. And that's why it's so important that we work with academia, we work with our university colleagues on this, and we also work with business on it as well. Yeah. And that, I guess, in part, not exclusively, that's part about the story about the the reinvention and the regeneration of the you know the 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 city center has been a sort of focal point for some of these newer industries which we know typically like to be in those kinds of locations just say a little bit about you know where where you are on the journey of that reinvention that revitalization of the city center and how it how it acts or increasingly acts and will act as the the hub for the you know for the for the broader broader city we've invested considerably in in the city center but the thing i think in terms of regeneration, it's a constant process, isn't it? You, you know, it doesn't stand still. We need to, we need to keep looking at this um, and keep this work ongoing. So we're just about to consult with the public in terms of developing our placemaking plan going forward for the future. It's really important that, in, as well as our businesses and our wider stakeholders, that the citizens of Newport have an opportunity to contribute to that. So we're just about to do that. Now, over the past, um, the period of our past, of our past plan, what we've been able to do is attract a number of new companies to Newport. I suppose you describe them broadly as tech companies, mm -hmm. but um, they they offer great opportunities, right from very small startup support to to those larger companies like like uh, Microsoft and of course KLA, who, who are also here in Newport. Within the centre, within our city centre, we've transformed some of our former retail and office provision into locations where um, these businesses are located now. So we Tramshare Tech are a business that, um, are, well, they're, they're huge, really, in terms of their networks and their contacts. They've established themselves here. They've got two sites here in Newport. Um, one is part of our market regeneration, which was the largest project in, in Europe. And uh, of course, when it's the railway station, and for us, it's that connectivity. It's not just about attracting those businesses, but it's making it physically easy for the people who work there to get here too. Yeah, so we, we're, we're trying to develop that broader picture, and that connects to some, you know, some of the other interesting work that you're doing around, as you say, around the transport, which really is about connectivity, helping people to connect to places and vice versa. So those that are looking for work or looking to study or looking to get around can more easily do it and not or to be always and overly reliant on the on the car as useful as that is. So just say a little bit about you know where, where you are in that respect. Well, there's been a lot of um, publicity around uh, what is a, a challenge for us in terms of the highway network, and that's the Bring Glass Tunnels. There's been a lot of publicity around that. 
And I'm sure that people listening to the podcast will be aware that uh, as, as a result of the Welsh Government making a decision not to build um, a, a relief road, the uh, review was instigated and that was led by Lord Burns. So the Burns Commission looked at what alternatives were there, what could we do um, in partnership working together for Newport. And that work has, has been undertaken. We're currently reviewing our highways networks across the city and there's a number of consultations underway looking at how we move people around using bus transport, how we um, perhaps reprioritize active travel and, and public transport over private car ownership in, in future. So there's a lot of ongoing work around that. We're looking at our highways networks. At the same time, uh, Transport for Wales are already cons uh, consulting on five, um, working in partnership with Network Rail, five railway stations, um, uh, which will really improve to help connectivity and give us that local line. And the interesting thing about that, um, which, which for me was quite astounding, the cost of delivering those five local stations is less than 1% of the proposed cost that would have delivered HS2. Oh, wow. So what a difference that small fraction of investment could make to the economy of South East Wales and to the mm. city of Newport. And, and it's marginal compared to the overall commitment that we saw uh, as part of HS2. Oh wow, that's amazing! So, what, 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 just remind me, where, where are you in, or where, where, where is that review in terms of its timescale, and when is it due to report, and you know, when, do, when do we think we might see what, what is coming out from it? Do you think? So, the review reported, I think, around three years ago. The um, and uh, the there's there's a Burns team led mm -hmm. by um, Professor Simon Gibson who are implementing some of the recommendations. Okay. So they work with us as partners. We work with Transport for Wales, Network Rail. It's, um, the, because, because of our relationship and our statutory responsibilities around highways, um, it's been easier to get that work going um, to accelerate that uh, more quickly. As you know, Network, for, for Network Rail and the, the funding for railway infrastructure is in blocks. So the uh, finance nice. is allocated in blocks. So um, the timeframes for that will obviously um, be longer. But Transport for Wales are working in partnership with Network Rail now. There is an ongoing public consultation at this time in terms of the proposal for the, the stations. And I think that's really important. If I go back to the point about uh, us being a growing city, if we look at where the growth will be in future and where we'll need to build more homes for people, we need to take into account where these stations will be and ensure that we've got that connectivity there because we want to make it really easy for people to move around. And and I I think this is something that it is a challenge now. So at this very early stage, it is a challenge. But in 10 years time, when we reflect on this, we'll see some fantastic improvements have been made. Yeah, that'll be amazing. I'll look, for, I'll look forward to that uh, <laughs> and that time. And I mean, whenever we talk, Jane, and you've said it several, you know, hundreds of times already, you know, you talk about partnership, you talk about, you know, the, um, the collaboration being an essential way of the, both the way you think about the work that you do, the role that you have, but also then the activities that you're involved in. And, and that's reflected in the fact that you, you know, you are obviously active in what's going on in Newport, but you're obviously a big player in the broader context, you know, active in terms of the, 
Capital City Region Partnership with the authorities uh, around you. You're part of the Western Gateway. You're active in key cities. You know, you're, you're kind of looking outside of Newport um, and how Newport fits into those sort of broader conversations. So say a little bit about where you think, how do you, how do you think about Newport's role in the, you know, in the capital city region and then into the Western Gateway? Why is it important for, you know, for you as a, as the leader of the place to be involved in those kinds of uh, networks, those kinds of partnerships? Oh, it's, it's critically important. And, and I think you would find um, any one of my colleagues in, from the 10 local authorities that make up the Cardiff capital region would say that. Because collectively, we, we've got the strength. I think what also helps in terms of attracting investment and attracting business is business confidence um, you know, um, in us and our ability to work together. So if we just link that back to the transport, for example, mm. across the whole of the Southeast Wales region, there are millions and millions of pounds going into developing the Southeast Wales metro system, and that will help connectivity across the whole of the region. On our own as individual local authorities, we couldn't achieve that. That's something that we've been able to, to achieve together, and that work is underway. And if you just map that across to the Western Gateway, which, of course, it, it encapsulates our broader ambitions there as well, we've done a huge piece, piece of work on strategic rail and the investment requirements in strategic rail across our region. And once again, if you look at the, the work that we've produced and the evidence that this is based upon, I would call on UK government actually to consider very seriously investing in that because it, it's a fraction of the investment that was previously committed to HS2, yet the benefits that it could unlock for the region as, as a whole are tremendous. And just using that example and talking about that, I think that really encapsulates why it's so important to come together and work together. Mm. And it's, it's not just us as decision makers as uh, in terms of our statutory duties and our democratic accountability it's also about our ability to come together and embrace academia in terms of innovation and also business it's so important to listen to our businesses and to make sure that we try and address their needs as well because they are they are the engines for growth aren't they and, and they will deliver prosperity if we can work with them and facilitate the conditions that they need to do that yeah, and so working at that sort of bigger than local scale gives you access to and being able to respond uh, more quickly, but also in you know in a different way then to some of the the needs or desires or and the ambitions that others have as well. Is that right? Absolutely. And looking forwards again into the future, and and this is certainly a, a more medium to to long term um, vision. But if you look at the potential for hydrogen, the number of jobs that could create. The investment in free ports, offshore wind, the benefits that that brings to the whole region. If you look at the industrial strategy and how we are key in terms of delivering on that, it, when we're thinking about growth and we're thinking about prosperity for the future, one thing that really stands out to me is that our prosperity historically was, was built on iron, coal, steel. But we're looking at the technologies of the future. We, we, we're data digital, that, that can underpin that transformation. That's what will support that. If you look at the work that we've that is being undertaken in terms of research and development, innovation, that's our future as a region. That 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 really will deliver good quality jobs for people in future because what we want 
It's to see our young people grow up across this whole region and really see that there are opportunities for them here, but for good quality jobs and a good quality of life as well, because that's what the region offers. I think that's a great vision and perspective on which to finish. Jane, thank you very much indeed for your thoughts. Brilliant. Uh, and thank you very much for being part of the City Leaders Programme. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. Pleasure. In the next episode, which is out on Thursday, the 14th of December, I speak to Councillor Mike Ross, Liberal Democrat leader of Hull City Council. We talk about what it's like to be the leader of the place that you live and love, as well as his vision for the city. Thank you for listening to this episode of City Talks brought to you by Centre for Cities. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Centre for Cities. Please rate, review and subscribe if you liked what you heard. You can also follow the Centre on Twitter at Centre for Cities or like us on LinkedIn for the latest updates on what the Centre is up to. If you have any comments on the episode or suggestions for topics we should cover in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Do tweet us or send an email to info at centreforcities.org. The music was from Palace Fires by Johnny Foreigner, used with permission and all rights are reserved.